0: to know what you're doing. I forgot to put on my mic again. So just, if you're catching up and you're you're listening, Simon's in the back laughing at me. Um, The reality is we're catching up with the Lord. All right? So just read chapter five and catch up. All right. Let us of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith. He says this, those of the night get drunk. They get drunk with dissipation. They get drunk at night. See, night is when evil comes forth. How many of you went to university? You don't go to nightclubs. They don't call them nightclubs for no reason. Do they call them dayclubs? No. Why? Because what? Something draws them in. Why? Because they're nightclubs. When do things happen? In Dundee, typically during the day, sometimes, but usually at night. Why? Because we're, we're called to live in the day. We're not children of the dark. All right, so how do we overcome this night-day dilemma? Well, it says right here, You are of the day Please be sober, put on the breastplate of what? Faith of love as a helmet of hope of salvation. I I periodically will pull out this this book by Derek Prince, They Shall Expel Demons, What You Need to Know About Demons and Your Invisible Enemies. I've read it about three times, and when I was going through this, I I remembered something that was said here, and I want to read it to you. He says, The helmet protects the head. That is the mind. How many people have problems with their mind? I must confess to you, when I moved to Scotland, I never had heard of so much mental health issues in my life. And sometimes we have to ask the question, and it says this, Satan will direct more attacks against your mind than against any other area of your personality. And we have people all over this city who are struggling. Why? Because the enemy wants to destroy. He wants to kill. He wants to divide. And it's a work of the enemy when we move into those things. Why? Because this is his modus operandi. If I can divide, if I can kill... If I can maim, if I can destroy, if I can tear down personality, if I can make struggle continue to happen in the mind. What gives you power to overcome the mind, overcome the thoughts? Well, it says it right there. You put on the helmet. The helmet is for protection. The helmet of what? Your salvation. Helmet of salvation. Salvation is vital to understand. Why? Because if we don't have salvation, we're susceptible to a lot of things. I remember before I was a Christian and before I was saved, how many things and how many paths and how many dark areas I had gone on to and gotten into only because I just didn't know God's will. And when I became a Christian and I could see what truth And false was, right and wrong. I began to understand that it's very easy for a Christian to actually pick what? Truth. It's very easy for a Christian to see what's right and wrong. And for the Christians that don't know, they might want to evaluate whether or not they're wearing the helmet of salvation and the hope that they have in it. It's interesting, my friend sent me a uh, he's reading a book and he says pastoral work in large part deals with the difficulty everyone has. This is everyone. This is me included, everybody included. Staying alert to the magnificence of salvation. When we first enco- encounter God's saving love, it may well overwhelm us. But over a period of years, it becomes familiar part of the landscape. One religious item among many others. The vocabulary of salvation becomes hack- hackneyed, reduced to the level of valentine card verse. The mannerisms of saved people become predictable. Whenever we are associated with greatness over a long period of time, there is a tendency in us to become The tendency in us to become stale. Are you overwhelmed today by the fact that you have been saved by Jesus Christ? Are you happy? Are you excited about it? This is awesome. You guys aren't even saying one word. You're just looking at me like. Yep. Yep. You know, even at, even at a traditional Scottish concert, you'd get a woohoo, right? If we were if we were at a football match, we'd get a woohoo. Maybe not. Maybe we get something even more blatant. But God didn't appoint us for wrath, guys. Let me just say something to you. You were not appointed for wrath. That's what Paul says. I didn't make it up. How many of you are happy about that? I mean, some people should be dancing. You could do a jig. There's something joyful about that truth that we have salvation through Christ. I'm excited about it. Who died for us, whether we wake or sleep, we live together with Him. Therefore, comfort. How many of you find comfort in the fact that you have been saved? I was so lost. That when I got saved, I seriously saw the world in a totally... It was like all the colors of the rainbow came out. Every color just magnified. Grass got greener. Red got redder. Everything was just illuminated. Everything was better. And let me tell you something. Sometimes we've got people who think they are Christians who just aren't. And I'm sorry, I have to stand here and tell you that because he's making it very known to the Thessalonians. Hey, your whole life will change when you understand the depth of how much Jesus loves you. And and we have Christians in our societies, whether you're American or whether you're French or wherever you live, who can do the good game. They can say the right things. They can show up at the right events. But quite frankly... helmet of salvation, the hope, the love, the excitement, the joy. Paul turns his letter at this point in time and he says, I want to I tell you, I've been banging on about salvation. How many of you are banging on about salvation in your daily lives with people around you? I am... I've met with some really cool people this week, and guess what I shared with them? You're like, tea. Yes, I did do that. And coffee. But I didn't sit around and just share with them tea and coffee. Why? Because appointments are appointments, and they're divine appointments. And guess what? I'm not interested in just having a conversation with you about how nice you are or how good the church is. I'm excited to see, hey, let me get the message of Jesus into your life because I I know that's why we're here. I'm not gonna play a game. Nobody invites the minister anywhere without it being about Jesus, right? I'm telling you the truth as a minister for 20 years. Every conversation I get invited into is because people are really still searching. We urge you brothers to recognize those who labor among you and are over you and admonish you, very important. Remember, Paul says this: hey, we've got people who are over you, you've put elders over, over the churches. Uh, admo- really speak to them, admonish, they're there to admonish you, to warn you of the day and the day to come. They're there. Esteem them very highly. Why? Because they're laboring for you. They're, they're working for you in love for their work's sake. That's what it says. Be at peace among yourselves when you do this. Be at peace. Now, verse 14, we exhort you, brothers, warn those who are unruly. I think this is interesting because the Greek word kind of signals out of order. It's it's not faithful. And and he says this, he goes on, comfort the faint-hearted. Comfort those with small courage. How many of you know somebody who's got small courage? That's, that's the little Greek, small courage. So how do you give courage to someone? What's the, what, what, what's the English word we use to give courage? End courage. It's another Greek word, basically. We end, put it in them. How do you put courage into people? This is where we talk. And just go ahead and say it out. The words you speak, yeah, you speak life into them. What else? Things you do for people, yeah. Right? Encourage them. Give them a card. I was encouraged. Thank you. I, how, how do we encourage? Right? How about that? We encourage the faint-hearted. Uphold the weak. This is both physical and, um, and uh, spiritual. Those who have weak minds, those that have weak bodies, what do we do? We come alongside of them and we, we serve them. How many of you uh, like the band Police? Do you remember the police? I love the police. I love staying. And when I was a kid, we would, he came to Iowa. It was so exciting. The police came to Iowa City, Iowa. Everybody wanted to go. Um, I think it was the Synchronicity Tour, and, uh, and he wrote a song, We Are Spirits in the Material World. Do you know that song? Some of you are like, no, some of you are like, yes. All right? a very good song. And I think, I think pulls on to something here, that we are spirits, we are souls, we are, we are bodies, physical bodies, and God cares about all of it. Not just some of it. God wants you to flourish here on earth as it is in heaven. He he wants you to be whole. He wants you to be what? Put in order. And it's interesting. He says this weak. He says uphold the weak. And to do that, sometimes you have to be patient. How many of you have people you minister to in life and you have to be very patient about that ministry? Cause if not, you just really want to tear your hair out. How many of you have ever raised kids? <laughs> wow. There are moments when you need patience, amen? And we all fail at those moments, but we need patience. Why? Because patience actually is the fuel or it is the, it is the outworking, the manifestation of upholding those who are weaker, those who are faint-hearted, those who are unruly. And notice what he says then after all this. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good for yourselves and for all. That's a, that's, a, that's a word for the Lord, of the Lord for the church. And the way that we live that out is varied, right? Paul will later say in another letter, he said, hey, I, I just want to tell you something. You shouldn't be suing each other in the church. That's a practical way, right? Don't do it. You shouldn't be taking each other to court. Why? Because God is the court. Some solicitors may take that up with me later. Um, Wait a second. Uh, I'm talking about the believers. Rejoice always. I love to see you all smile. I love to see you when you're happy and you walk into church. Why? Because it's great. You may not feel happy all the time, if we're really honest. But it is good to see. And he's saying, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. How many of you are praying without ceasing? I've come to the conclusion it requires me to uh, keep my eyes open when I drive in the car when I'm praying, because I'm praying for all of you. Pray without ceasing. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying over the situations that matter to your life. Pray about them. Pray about them all the time. Left them up to the Lord, and guess what? He may answer them the way you think He's going to answer them. Most likely not. And he's going to answer them the way he sees fit. Why? Because thy will be done. Not my will. Pray. In everything, give thanks. So whether whether your child's in trouble right now, give thanks. Whether they're flourishing right now, give thanks. Whether your marriage is, is in trouble, give thanks. Whether it's doing great Give thanks in all things, not just some things. If if you've had to walk through a a season in which you have experienced great loss, give thanks. I remember sitting on a mountain just after uh, Jim Brown, Courtney's father-in-law, passed away last summer, and I remember sitting there thinking, looking out over the the Blue Ridge Mountains and saying, Lord, your will for me is that I give thanks in all situations. Yeah, I'm uh, devastated and gutted, but... You want to meet me here. And I thank you, God, for that man who invested in my life. I thank you that he, he was a father to me. I thank you. And you know what? Out of the, out of the mouth, the overflow of thanksgiving being, brings what? Praise. you worthy. You knew what you were doing. And, and it's interesting because Paul then changes. He said, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. He said this, rejoice, pray. This is the will. And then he says this, do not quench the spirit. Greek word for quench is extinguish. How many of you were on fire at one point in time in your your faith, in your walk? You were on fire. And you told everybody about Jesus. You loved God. Man, I I can't wait to get to that Bible study. I can't wait to get to that church. I can't wait to to go to the store because you know what? I might have a divine appointment there and tell somebody about Jesus. uh, Maybe it's just me. I couldn't wait. Don't quench the Spirit. Don't thwart what He wants to do in your life. God may be doing a work in you. And he who began the good work is faithful to complete the work. And you're saying, well, I'm not sure if it's going to be completed correctly. And I'm not sure if it's going to work. Don't thwart what the Holy Spirit is doing. He's got His plans for you. Don't suppress the work of the Holy Spirit. How do we suppress the work? the work of the holy spirit any thoughts on that any thoughts Ungrateful. ungratefulness we just stop giving praise and thanks for what we have denying deny. denying the holy spirit yeah we can deny the work of the of the lord in our lives speaking evil against one another sure That quenches the spirit quite quickly. What else? Certainly you know. Complaining, Complaining? arguing. Unforgiveness, Unforgiveness. yeah, you're holding something in your heart towards someone uh, for a long period of time and you have not forgiven them. And yet you, you know, what does it say in the scriptures? you know stop that stop coming in and giving your offering actually go and get right with your brother then come back and bring me the offering that's that's how that works what else uh, yeah Mm-hmm. Judgment, yeah, critical spirit, bitterness—those things are. Those things will quench the work of the spirit. And 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 let me just say this in a caveat because I think sometimes we could go, oh man, we all deal with this. There isn't one of us in this place who's got it all worked out, and we all deal with it. But yet the Lord wants us to to come back to Him into that place and say, I'm willing. I'm willing to walk in this. What else happens? Is, and this is what Paul picks up on. He says, This, I want to encourage you, do not despise prophecy. Prophecy helps us as a church grow. We're told in the, in the word that prophecy is for the edification of the body. So when the, when the prophet stood up in ancient Israel, the nation of Israel responded. Usually it was, You have fallen away from me, come back. That's typical, that's the typical Old Testament. In this instance, it's a, it's a very similar thing in the sense that God wants those who have a prophetic gifting to speak into the life of the congregation so that we grow in alignment with his word. Do not despise those things. If we despise those things and we forget that they even exist, guess what? Less edification. That's just standard Bible 101 basic Christianity for the church. And if we get to a point in time in which we fail to realize that prophecies matter in alignment with God's word, we cease to grow in the same way. This is why he says this we have to test all prophecies, test all things. If somebody says something, make sure it, it has a testing, right? You don't believe everything that everybody tells you. Please don't believe everything I'm telling you. Go read the Bible. If you're dependent upon me to tell you what you believe, then you don't really have a belief. Read the the scriptures. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. It's interesting because the Greek kind of uh, says this, appearance, every appearance of evil. Every appearance of evil. Every kind of evil, every fashion, every... And you could literally circle the word and it, it means sight. Abstain from evil. Paul's saying, hey, wait a second. How you live in the community and how people see you matters. They're looking at you to figure out, do those people really have the helmet of salvation? Do they really believe? Do they really walk? And what happens is when we we claim to believe and we don't walk it out, it's like throwing a massive stone into a lake and the ripple effect of evil just travels outward. And it ruins lives. Now he shifts again. Should Should we do the shift? He shifts again, right to a benediction. All right, I've told you what you should and shouldn't do. I've tried to tell you that, hey, guess what? Jesus is coming back, get ready. And now I want to bless you. And he says this, now may the God of peace himself sanctify. There's that theme again. Set you apart completely. That you're, you may, and may your whole spirit, your soul, and your body Be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. God is faithful. God is is the one who extends his hand towards you and calls you. He calls you to himself. And he calls you the elect of God. And he calls you into that place. And he who, who does this work in you and through you by the power of the Holy Spirit, he will do it. Sometimes we feel like, oh, I have to get on the treadmill and I have to work it all out. You don't. He is able to do it. He will do it. Brothers, pray for us. Pray for us. And then he says this, uh, I charge you by the Lord. Oh, no, he says this, Greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. I was once uh, in Ukraine, and I was visiting a church. And uh, as we walked into the church... And I'm not sure that this happens everywhere, so I'm going to make that caveat. Um, But the brothers, guess what? They actually greet with a holy kiss. And it's not a kiss over here like the French. It's a kiss right here. Pucker up. Big old smacker. And I remember thinking, I know that's scriptural, but that was weird. Greet each other with a holy kiss. I charge you, brother, by the Lord, that this epistle be read to all of the brothers. All of you have to read this. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And the, and the letter ends with what? Amen. Amen. We are praying this morning at 8 o'clock in the morning. You're welcome to join us. For those of you who have that unction, uh, we gather at 8 a.m. in the small hall to pray. And we are praying for you. And praying that the Lord would really remind you of the fire that God can give you. And I'm well aware, and we stood up last week, some of us stood to our feet, and we said, yeah, I need more of the Holy Spirit, I need more of the Holy Spirit. Um, Do you need more of the Holy Spirit? If it is you again, why am I asking you again to stand to your feet? Because we need more of God. And we need to petition Him over and over and over. And the Bible says, "Give Him no rest until God comes." And I don't know what's going on in all your lives. I, I can't know; it's impossible. But God knows. And if you are needing more of God's Spirit, uh, we want to pray for you. Shouldn't some of you will stand? Some of you won't stand, and it's okay. But if you sense from God that God is really speaking life into you, maybe you need, maybe you need that forgiveness. Maybe you need somebody, you, you're holding something up, and God's just saying, hey, I want to I I be the furnace that burns off the dross and gets things flowing again. God wants to forge a new weapon in you. Maybe there's something God wants to do in that. And that's why we're here. That's why we're here. We're not here to just have a good service. We're here to meet with Jesus and meet with God. And if that's you, I just want to ask you, it's not going to be much fanfare. There's not going to be any music. Uh, We won't sing Just As I Am or anything like that. I'm just asking you, just stand to your feet right now if you know in your heart you you need what God has for you. Just stand up. It's fine. Just stand up. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Let's just extend our hands out to the Lord. Father, I pray that you would fall afresh. Clear our minds. Clear our hearts. Let us see what you see. you release grace and mercy forgiveness pray for dreams and revelations to come to the people of downfield mains we ask for that right now Holy Spirit would you show God what you have would you show not easy to walk this out, but you are faithful. You will do it. Help my brothers and my sisters. Bind us together in unity. Fill them up fresh. Father, forgive sin. We're sorry. We need you. I pray the helmet of salvation over each person in this room. And for those who have stood, Lord, I pray that they would be guarded in their minds.